Hello lovely people, welcome to the show, it's the Big Feed Up HQ podcast, what's cracking? Before we get started, let me talk to you a little bit about who helps me out with this show. First company is 33 Fuel, so 33 Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. You can get 10% off your first order by using MAT10 and the code's also in the show notes. I'll use their Chia Seed Gels, they have protein powders, they have pre-workout, they have post-workout protein powders. They have a new sports nutrition bar. So that's really exciting. I'll get my hand on that next month. So I'll be able to give you a few comments on that. I've not tried it yet. So get on over there. It's gluten free, they're dairy free. Everything's plant-based in their products and Warren, Erica and James that run the company that look after things, they're fantastic people. So I've actually also done an episode with them. So if you look back and you want to hear a little bit more about 33 Fuel, then get on over to that. And the second company is Crew Cafe. So Crew Cafe produce coffee and it's organic. You can get it in capsule form. You can get it in ground form. I'm cracking their Honduras at the moment. So it's the coffee that fuels this podcast and you can get 20% off with code UPCREW. So again, everything in the show notes. So let's get into today's episode. I've got Mark Roberts on the show. He's a weightlifter. He's a weightlifting coach. He lives out in Florida. We actually studied at university in Birmingham together. He's a strength and conditioning coach. So without further ado, let's get involved. Mark, mate, welcome to the show. Thank you. Can you hear me loud and clear? So Mark, lovely people, is actually over in Florida. So, um, mate, what's the time difference again over there? So it's actually, it's just turned 11 a.m. So it's you're five hours ahead as of right now. Decent, decent. So on a Monday, you know, day in the life of yourself, what are you doing? Just let people know, you know, who you are and, um, yeah, what you're up to over there, mate. Okay, so um, I am, I own and uh, I'm the head coach of Box Tribe Weightlifting and Sports Performance. We are a USA weightlifting uh, affiliated club, so uh, we compete in the sport of weightlifting primarily. Um, Normally on a Monday morning, I'm actually inside the gym coaching, but this weekend was the uh, Florida Weightlifting Federation State Championships. So I've spent the last uh, 48 hours coaching uh, coaching my athletes at the state championships, so uh, Always the uh, the morning after that is a, a morning off from the gym. My weightlifters get a rest day or two or whenever they feel like coming back into the gym and get training again. So it was the perfect opportunity to kind of have a chat with you and uh, and get this podcast going. Mm. Oh, mate, cool. Well, you know, look, obviously, you know, we used to study together, basically, lovely people back in uh, Birmingham. We played a bit of rugby together like eight or nine years ago. And, mate, I know you're a man of many skills, but I think maybe the first place to start because more people are strength training, resistance training, you know, weightlifting is something that people, more people are interested in. So I think from my point of view, and then probably what the listeners want to hear first is, you know, what makes a good weightlifter? Yep. Oh, well, there's uh, weightlifting is as a sport, it's, it's a very multifaceted sport. It's very interesting when you really get deep into it. Uh, um, because uh, you, uh, number one, uh, more than anything, it's, it's uh, a very powerful sport, it's a very athletic sport, where obviously we compete in two different lifts, um, the snatch and the clean and jerk. So the object of, of both those lifts is to get the bar above your head in either one motion for the snatch or two motions for the clean and jerk. So um, with, with very, very minimal margin for error, you have to have great technique, you have to be very coordinated, powerful, 
Um, flexibility plays a huge role because we're trying to catch the bar at its lowest point. Um, obviously, if we can catch something lower, the more weight we can put on the bar. Um, so, uh, in terms of actually getting into weightlifting, some of the people that really excel at it are people like gymnasts, people who have very, very good body control, people who have good all-round athleticism. Um, the reason I really loved it was um, I actually started weightlifting as a way of getting better um, at rugby. I used it as a method for sports performance. Um, and uh, the great thing about it for me was I saw it, it really have a great carryover to my rugby playing, uh, my power output, my speed. Um, all of those went up, all those factors started improving. Um, and, and it also gave me a little bit more of an outlet in the gym where it wasn't just going in the gym and pumping some iron or, or doing some squats and deadlifts. Um, learning those lifts was a skill within itself which was challenging and, and really caught my attention and that's where it piqued my interest and got me really into the sport. Mm. So do you think that kind of, you know, the, the, the mental side of it and the, the small marginal gains and that kind of side of things, like you get, you get rewarded for being uh, committed and consistent as a weightlifter, is that like the right thing to say maybe? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a sport. I mean, it, it's it's very much it's a growing sport thanks to uh, sports like CrossFit, thanks to strength and conditioning, thanks to a lot of other factors. It's kind of had a big resurgence in in the in the last kind of decade. Um, but it is for people that actually compete in it. You're you're really focusing on snatch, clean, jerk, squats, um, and then very very uh, slim amount of accessory work all towards those two lifts. Um, so you have to be someone that's really committed, really uh, loves the process of trying to get that, that little bit better each day and trying to perfect the technique. Um, you can find some guys that are the strongest guys in the weight room, um, but maybe haven't kept up with their flexibility, their coordination, their athleticism, and they'll never get far in, in weightlifting. Mm. So you really, have to, uh, you really have to put the time in and you really have to focus on the technique of it to get somewhere, and that's where I think it it piques most people's interest is it's more than just a gym workout um it really is a, a skill and and uh and when you can actually perform it at a high level it's it's obviously looks extremely extremely cool it's fast it's powerful yeah um and it creates a great physique as well on most people which is another great thing yeah definitely well it, like you said it yeah it definitely carries over to that and then people feel better moving in a different way and i think that kind of flexibility aspect of it is fantastic too and then yeah I think if we move into it's interesting because obviously from your side as a coach and you know I stay connected by looking at what you're doing on Instagram and for yep. people listening if they're new to weightlifting or you know they've thought about resistance training or they have uh, kids or things that are starting to want to go into the gym maybe you just dispel a few myths around lifting and around like applying uh, tension you know, if that's even just body weight or via a barbell to anyone, because I see on your page, you know, you've got some strong young people that you're training, aren't you? Yep. Um, I actually got back. It was three weeks ago. We got back from Anaheim in California from uh, Youth Nationals, where I have uh, an 11-year-old. Um, which, if you tell most people that an 11-year-old girl lifting weights, um, they would normally uh, freak out at you. But she's actually taken second in the country two years in a row. Um, and I mean, she already snatches over body weight, clean and jerks well over body weight. I mean, this girl, she weighs 36 kilos. I mean, she um, 
her best set of five back squats is 55 kilos. Um, but the, the main things that I get, I get a lot of young high school age kids coming to me and their parents really want to get them uh, bigger, faster, stronger um, because of sports like uh, football over here, baseball. Um, this is a, a whole other tangent that we can go on to later, but this, this, the side of strength and conditioning and how sport is run as, as a business in America uh, means that you have a lot of pressure as a coach to get young people in the gym and you get and put weights on them and push them to lift heavier weights. Um, and the, honestly, the, the, the two sides of it that I see a lot is first of all, the parents who are very, very worried about their kids lifting weights. Um, the first one that everybody says is, oh, won't it stunt their growth? Um, and that's something that really has uh, has been dispelled. Um, that myth has been dispelled a long time ago. Um, yes, there are absolutely risk factors with training children, but as long as you are focusing on technique, as long as you're focusing more on their ability to move and control their body, um, you really minimize any risk. We don't max out. Um, we very rarely max out on strength lifts. Um, if ever, it's always like a repetition max. So we'll go for like a heavy three or a heavy four um, rather than really pushing them. The only time we back off is during any any kind of big growth spurts where we get some long bone growth. And as, as long as you'll really keep on top of that, um, you can you can, you can can actually help these kids uh, keep their athleticism, keep developing through their physical maturation period where they actually uh, ingrain a lot of their movement patterns we see kids coming through as young as 10 who have lost their ability to squat already because of sitting in chairs. Mm. So the, the big thing for me when I, when I speak to parents is just, um, is just reassuring them that it's not dangerous, um, that it has a lot of potential to really help these uh, younger kids uh, develop physically, um, whether that's for another sport or whether that's just for health, to be honest, because like we say, the, the heavy emphasis on flexibility, on training, um, technique before weights um, those kind of things and then you have to look at it from a point of view as well as a lot of these kids are, are are coming to me to get better at, at other sports not weightlifting so so you have a kid who wants to get faster at, at football he may be he's a he's a linebacker in high school and he wants to get a d1 scholarship um, because to them that's a that's a huge thing that's that's a free ride through college um, which is not as subsidized like it is in England um, and, um, and these, these parents are worried about these kids lifting weights, but at the same time, they're putting pads on their kids and helmets, and mm. they're getting blind-sided by other kids and head-on-head contacts. Mm. Um, and in reality, when you, when you tell them that we're focusing so much on technique, we're actually minimizing a lot of risks. We always know where the forces are being displaced. We know how the forces are going to uh, uh, hit the human body when we clean. We know how to... Uh, minimize any risk factors that might be involved in that through the emphasis on technique, flexibility. Mm. Uh, we don't push through bad technique. We don't push them if they are tired, if they have any aches or pains just from training. Um, the emphasis is, is very, very different when you're, when you're coaching kids. Um, but we can still get uh, uh, some fantastic improvements from them um, by coaching kids, and it's something that definitely should be involved in the development of, a, of, of children, whether that's with a barbell, or whether it's gymnastics, body weights, flexibility, coordination. In, in some capacity, I definitely believe kids should be training. Mm -hmm. And I think 
you know, with these young people, you're, you're getting them to apply feedback to themselves. You know, they're learning, they're taking cues from yourself. Often now with, you know, the digital side of things, they can they can look at their movements, they can understand, you know, what speed, what power, things like that mean. Whereas, you know, usually when we used to do PE class and all that kind of thing, it would just be all theory. And then you'd go out yep. and, and it would just be, yeah, obviously there's all this huge huge aspects to play that I love but I think now because we have you know people like yourself facilities like we have now it, for for a young person it is just I think getting to terms with lifting moving and yeah the kind of community side as well to a gym I know obviously people call it different places you know physical activity or gym or a crossfit box or a as in your case a weightlifting club but you know they're picking up a lot of skills and they're good places to be whereas I think maybe you know when we when we were younger it was intimidating every school maybe had a little bit of a gym or something but people never really went along you had to end up paying for a membership and if your parents didn't help you out you never really went or you bought a few dumbbells at home whereas now these these kind of places are super social as well obviously that's a huge thing out in the US it's building over here too yeah yeah you have a, a huge social aspect like you're saying and the cool thing is when you walk in uh, in my weightlifting club is you might see that 11-year-old girl or, I mean, I have 11-year-old girl, I have a 14-year-old, I have uh, three or four 14-year-old boys who are, are lifting weights and, and they're lifting next to a 43-year-old woman or a 28-year-old guy who is, is in the prime of his life lifting the heaviest weights. I mean, we've got that, that 11-year-old lifting next to a guy who's squatting 400 500 pounds and she's squatting 100 pounds mm. um but the great thing to me is is beyond the social aspect beyond the team culture that that you get and that community feel is that you're you're teaching these kids just that um it's okay to fail a lot of the time is, is i love the aspect where these children are normally as parents um what they try and do is they try and clear the road of all obstacles so that the child has the easiest route to success. Um, and actually, sometimes I believe that that's actually not the best way to get success, that clearing the obstacles isn't beneficial to the children, that, that teaching them to overcome the obstacles that they may face is important. And when you get those, those younger kids, those teenagers lifting next to, to adults who are also failing and, and are, are learning the same lessons, at the same time as these teenagers, yet they're 30 years older, it really allows the, the kids to understand um, that that growth mindset. It's something that's thrown around a lot these days and, and people always talk about growth mindsets and fixed mindsets, but it really is something that we focus on in the gym and it's about overcoming the adversity at whatever age. It's, it's, it's about developing the person just as much as, of the, as the athlete. Um, and that's what really, like you say, with the new style of, of boxes or weightlifting clubs or, or gyms where you have a coach instead of your Globo gym where you go and do your own thing and do some curls because you're not really sure of what you're doing and then go home. Um, more and more people are moving towards that subculture of, of having a coach and being in a box and being surrounded by a community that lifts them up and helps them grow. Not first and foremost for the, the physical side of things, but just for the, the camaraderie as, as human beings and support and having those people around you. Mm-hmm. Mate, so if we if we dovetail into a little bit around performance, because I wanted the listeners to hear about what you do, who you work with, especially the 
this the conversations around the the younger individuals that you train because i thought it would be really interesting around performance you know you're experienced guy you train yourself as well obviously um what what have you found that in the last few years as you spend more time in this sport and as you manage your own body you help manage other people what are some of the key things so for example you know obviously if you're training different uh time frames you're looking at energy systems you're looking at rest periods or is there things that you manage with some of the people you work with around sleep or um, around nutrition i know i know that it's a very large question but i think you yep. you've probably got a few tools in your toolbox that that you always turn around to or is there something recently that you've that you've kind of um yeah uncovered and thought actually that's that's really really handy um honestly uh like you say you you, you said it's a you said it's a very very uh, broad question and and like you say it is but it's it's a very relevant question because everybody always thinks that um, it's all about training um, and that it, it really is is what you do in the gym that counts and a lot of the time what I'm experiencing now with uh, with all my clients is is it's less about what we can do in the gym and it's more about their managing their lifestyle um, it's it's we can have a very a very good level of recreational athletes um, and that's fine and it's a conversation I have um, with with all my athletes at some point or another that they talk about balance and everyone likes to talk about balance um, and that's great if you want to if you want to be balanced at everything but when you come to performance there is no balance uh, I've coached I've been I've been very privileged in who I've been able to coach over the years and and what you really find is is if you want to be a, a very high level performer um, you actually don't have balance um, you look at you can see these professional athletes on a day-to-day basis and a lot of people like to throw out there like oh they have it so easy I would love that life I would be so good if I would just got paid to play um, but what people don't realize and, and just to give a, a, a standard day in the life of maybe a, a professional athlete that people don't know is is that is they're up at the same time every day and they may wake up and they have the same breakfast every day and I don't mean like I mean exactly the same foods, the same foods, the same, the quantities may change on the, on the training of the day, the amount of volume they're doing or the intensity or what phase, whether it's the strength phase, accumulation, peaking, how many training sessions they have that day even. Um, and then they may stretch um, and they stretch every day. All my lifters, I tell them that if they want to be a great weightlifter, they have to stretch every single day. That's that's a that's a no compromise rule because of flexibility is so important. So if you get up, you have the same breakfast, you do the same stretching routine, you go to the gym, you have the same warm up. Um, it may change depending on the exercises, but then you go through your training protocol and you have you then have the same recovery afterwards. Maybe it's it's myofascial release, whether it's foam rolling, whether it's body work. Um, you go home, you eat, you recover for a couple of hours, um, and then you you do the same thing again. You eat, you start stretching, you warm back up again, you back, go back to the gym for your second session of the day, you come home, you again, you focus on your recovery. It could be reading a book, it could be, uh, it could be hanging out with friends, but you've got to remember that if you're hanging out with friends, is the nutrition that you're having with your friends optimal for your performance? Mm. I know people that have turned down meals with friends or maybe they have to take Tupperware to restaurants with them with their food in. Um, and then the hardest thing for a lot of people is is um, 
you're in bed at the same time mm. every night same routine before bed it could be staying away from blue light sources so that's your phone that's any tv screens anything any laptops um that might uh, that emits blue light that's going to maybe stop your quality of sleep or, or um stop you from falling asleep at a, a decent hour but you're in bed by the same time you have the same bedtime routine and and you're in bed the same amount of time and then you wake up and you do it again mm-hmm. and this isn't this isn't once or twice a week this is seven days a week 365 days a year um, and i think that's what most people forget is that these athletes are the the higher you get on the performance scale the less margin for error you have and every time that you deviate from a from something that is set to help you um, perform at your best, you increase that margin for error and you um, increase the variability in your training and maybe your performance and then your results. So like you say, the, the managing the lifestyle, managing the stress from other activities, uh, managing people's sleep, their nutrition, um, their recovery. I mean, we can bracket recovery as a huge thing, right? We can, we can put sleep quality, we can put food, we can put stress relieving activities. Um, we can bracket that all as recovery, um, and and that's really the thing is you have to prioritize what you want to what you want to achieve, and then work backwards from what you want to achieve. You then have to basically put all of your priorities in place, and mm. and that's where we go back to that whole balance thing is that it may not be balanced. If you want to if you want to be a peak performer, your balance in quote unquote is is all about that performance. So all you do is focus on that performance and your life revolves around that performance. Mm. So with yourself, mate, if we have a little bit of a chat now about what you do when yep. you're obviously not coaching, are, are you training for anything in, in specific at the moment or are you ticking over and, and obviously working on the, the lifts, the, the, the fundamental movements or have, uh, do you manage to find, uh, you know, you've obviously used the word balance. Do you, do you try to yeah. compete... Do you try to compete yourself, or are you are you a uh, full time coach? Like, how how's it kind of been developing for yourself? I um I still compete. I still compete in weightlifting. Um, that was the first sport I actually found after after rugby that allowed me to still have a, a competitive outlet. Um, I don't see myself stopping competing in weightlifting anytime soon because, um. I also believe that how I will be a less effective coach, and if I stop, um, if I stop experiencing the same things—the highs, the lows, uh, the successes, the failures—that all my lifters also go through. Um, but like you say, finding that 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 balance, and and it's not balance um, because, for example, last week getting ready for the state championships, it's either I could train and forget to not be prepared for my lifters or I prepare my lifters properly um, and I don't train so so although I still compete and I still train um, I try and get a good five six training sessions in a week whether that's that's 30 minutes or an hour and a half I'll, I'll get some training in uh, but my priority is my athletes my priority is 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 really the coaching aspect and for me my training is the uh, the sanity is is just staying sane and being able to actually for me, it is creating balance. It's balancing the amount of hard work I put into trying to be the best coach I can be, to be the therapist for my athletes, because every coach knows that you're a lot more than a coach, that you, you actually really ride the highs and the lows with your athletes. Um, and if you can't be uh, almost like a counselor to them in some way or another, um, then you're going to be a less effective coach. And, and for me, 
being able to switch off um, and train and push myself is a, is a great way for me to recharge, um, get some energy out, um, and then come back the next day really, uh, really hungry to, to make better athletes and become a better coach as well. Um, in terms of when I uh, my com- competing, I haven't competed in a while. I competed last year um, at the state championships, and I'm, I'm looking for a competition to uh, compete in. But the more and more athletes I coach at competitions, the less and less chance I actually have to compete at these competitions. Um, I've done it before where I've coached athletes and competed in the same state championships, and uh, it's not something I particularly enjoyed by the end of the weekend. It was very tiring. It was very stressful. Um, so I look out outside of uh, the big competitions these days just to uh, get a competition in and, and feel feel the experience of being back on the platform and the enjoyment and the joy of why I do this really mm. no I agree and I think yeah like you said if you're anyone that's working with people in in a certain sport or athletic discipline it, it is important because I was having a conversation with with a friend earlier about this I've started doing a lot more endurance based events and training because Less so this year, but last year I was working with a lot more endurance individuals around their nutrition. And obviously, you know, you and I played rugby together. I was, you know, a bit, bit, of, a, bit of a beefy bloke. And then in the last few years, transitioned to try and running some of these trail runs and ultra marathons just because exactly I wanted to feel what it was like, understand what happens to the digestive system over hours, you know, what happens to the head, what happens to hydration levels, all that kind of thing. So, um, and that's why I wanted to get you on this show because I, I knew that you'd kind of mirror obviously my enthusiasm but then also that understanding that you have to kind of be in it and live it and um, yeah you don't take too many things seriously you know when you're out of it but then when you're in you're conscious about what you're saying to the people around you and um, yeah I totally agree the kind of performance nutrition or you know the nutritional therapy side of things that that word is quite interesting and even though we're not therapists as such it, you know there's yep. such massive parts of what we do and then I kind of I love that aspect of it so um, yes. no, that, that's really really cool and um, yeah so I think the the next thing to do is probably to, to ask you to let people uh, know about if they want to follow what you're doing and obviously you know the listener base is mostly over here but I think people can obviously you know they can watch what you're up to they can follow some of your weightlifting and things online like what's the best thing to do for people if they want to check you out mate um well i'm uh i'm not as active on social media as i maybe should be as a coach um it's it's definitely the route that coaching is going is more the online platform um but they people can follow me on instagram primarily is, is really where i post a lot of stuff and i'm so my personal handle is is mark underscore roberts two five one two and then I have a, a, a few different for the, the weightlifting and the sports performance that I'm building. Um, the weightlifting Instagram is Box Tribe. That's B-O-X-T-R-I-B-E underscore weightlifting. And that's where I post a lot of information based on, on, on training and what my lifters are doing. Uh, I, I try and post some more informational stuff um, from time to time just to try and help people. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I just love honestly i love building this community we have a a phenomenal community in florida um within weightlifting um and it's something that i i'm I'm sure is building more and more in uh back in england too Mm. um but if if there's any aspiring 
coaches out there that want to reach out to me or have questions about weightlifting because it, it is a much bigger sport still over here in America. Um, if, if anybody wants to ask questions, get a bit more information, please feel free to reach out to me. I have some incredible coaches and mentors that have always been very open to any of my questions and I, I definitely think that the only way for us all to get better in what we do and, and is to just keep that going and paying it forward. So. Yeah, anybody feel free to reach out to me and ask me some questions if you have any and we can uh, connect and, and go from there good yeah and oh definitely and mum if you're listening you need to start following mark's page so my mum does crossfit t- a couple of times a week and she's constantly working on the barbell stuff mate and um she's always asking my opinion and i'm like mum i do it as a hobby and you know you know what my day job is so just start following people that's what these kind of things are for so genie get on over there and like you know look at this man's technique and and what he's doing so that's that's the that's the key thing for me but mate look thanks for your time and you know i think it'd be good to get you back on the show later down the line maybe if i get some more specific questions i can dive a little bit deeper but today i just wanted to have you on you know get you going because i know you're a passionate guy you're, you're you're a focused individual and now that everyone's you know knows you a little bit more we can we can hopefully dive into some other questions maybe you know later on in the year if that's all right yeah absolutely i mean I, we haven't even a- approached this subject but i know you're you're uh, big into nutrition and that's kind of your focus and and obviously for for weightlifting it's a weight category sport so nutrition plays a huge role in a lot of my athletes day-to-day lives and whether that's that's building up to a higher weight class or cutting down to a, a lower weight class or a uh, a very acute water cut for competition there's there's a huge amount of nutrition that goes into weightlifting too so we mm. can definitely mm. dip that a little bit deeper sometime that sounds great yeah we could we could have you know we could have a build build or a cut and then that can translate into giving some people principles around, you know, ch- changing their body composition as well. But then if people are in that kind of high performance space, yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely good and bad ways of doing it. Eh? You know, you hear some horror stories. Wow. Um, but mate, fantastic. So lovely people. I'll put everything in the show notes for Mark that you can get both of the Instagram pages. And thanks for listening. By the time this is out, I'll be at almost 13,000 listens and yeah, really enjoying doing this and thanks again. Have a great week.